right. Well, it's good to see you. Emotional day. Woo! All right. Still, God's good, right? We got this. So I want to I want to talk to you about kicking off a brand new series called Learning to Lament. And and before it sounds like a drag, trust me, it's going to be awesome. I do know that for sure because one of the parts of the series I'm not preaching. Praise God. That will probably be the awesome one. But I do have you for the majority, so that's your problem, not mine. Uh, We are kicking off part one of Learning to Lament series, and I entitled today's message, A Path to Peace. And I just want to talk about what do we do when life wrecks us emotionally? What do we do when we suffer loss, right? Like, for example, uh, sometimes it's just clear pain and problems. It's not ambiguous. It's right out there, right? Uh, so, for example, 2020 some, left some of us, right, with some serious significant challenges that can be easily written down. I'm talking about actual loss of income that right now small businesses are suffering tremendously. And there's some that, that their very baby, their business baby that they poured into all these years now is being shuttered, and they can't imagine how they would be able to rebound from that. That is a significant, clear loss. Some lost jobs due to furloughs or layoffs, or uh, some of us didn't have paid time off, and, and we ended up getting sick, and, and then some of us, we lost loved ones during this season. I was involved uh, briefly in an event that was going to go down in Sacramento, and they were really going to talk about uh, being able to grieve publicly and to talk about those that have really lost loved ones during this time. There's been a lot of loss of life. And then some of us, the isolation is so clear. We used to have all these abilities of people to come into our lives and, and bless us, and whether or not we're physically unable to get out of our houses or for whatever reason, we are isolated and it's super clear. But then... And this is a part I kind of want to lean into for you. But then there's what we would call ambiguous loss. I heard this title and this concept, and it just rung so true in my spirit. Ambiguous loss, where maybe we've gotten through this season relatively okay, right? I mean, we're kind of looking, we're thanking the Lord. There's some, some neat things that happen, some tough stuff. But deep down, we're not operating the same way. Hmm. Something's agitating us. Ambiguous loss is more felt than known. It's a cumulative effect over time, and it's therefore it tends to be unaddressed because most of us think it shouldn't be a big deal. Thinking about things that even are a little messy in your mind because some of them are good or can be good, but they're kind of bad. I think about just what, we, what, what we're walking through right now, Pastor Jake stepping out. How, how do I be sad about that? He did it right. The Lord has him. He was called out. Like, everything's right about it. What am I supposed to do to process that? Because it's not a bad thing, but yet I don't feel great. So what do I do with that kind of stuff? Just this week, as a matter of fact, a couple days ago, Uh, A young lady broke in here and stole thousands and thousands of dollars. She stole my mics that I preach on. She stole $5,000 of Jake's gear. 
She stole anything, a bunch of iPads, anything she could grab, walked out the door. We got her on camera. We can see who it is. The insurance is going to cover it, right? So do I, do I really need to be all that upset about it? I mean, it's going to get brought, everything's going to be made right, yeah? Our whole teams are scrambling to try to make the weekends work, and, and we wanted Jake's weekend to be special, and now all of a sudden gear was stolen, and, and it was like, man, that's such a drag. What do I do with that type of process? How do I process that? Because really, it's going to be okay. It shouldn't be a big deal. But it feels like it over time. Maybe you've had uh, missed opportunities. You didn't go to your senior prom, you missed your vacation, you missed your graduation, you missed playing sports on a team, you missed going away to college. There's just all this disappointment. You're feeling disillusioned, depressed, anxious, edgy, irritated for no reason. Maybe it's the loss of significant human contact, right? I mean, you're missing the hugs, you're missing the meaningful conversations, you're missing the friends. I mean, you were an introvert, so you didn't really want them around all that much before. But now they're gone a little too much. What about the limitations? What about sickness, handicap, weakness that restricts us from fulfilling our dreams? We just get frustrated with life. We're not even quite sure what to do with it. We know other people have it worse, so we shouldn't be too upset about it, right? What about the loss of friends? We've lost significant friendships, and honestly, we're still mad at them. We don't even want to be around them. But the fact that we lost them, that's still hard for us, right? What about the loss of freedom and playfulness, right? Should you really be that upset that you can't go to the movies anymore, right? Is that really a big deal? Well, in my world, that used to be kind of the one place where I really enjoyed to get away, right? But is it that big of a deal? Well, I don't know, going to the movies, travel, vacation, getting away, celebrating birthdays, holidays, having to wear the face coverings, working from home, all that stuff. What about the emotional exhaustion where things just add up over time and you don't even know what to call it. You don't know what to say about it. If somebody says, what's wrong with you? You seem to have this attitude all the time. You don't even know what to say. You just know you feel yucky. What do you do with ambiguous loss? What do you do with legit, straightforward loss? I got good news for you. If you take notes, if you want to write this down, if you're following along on the app and you want to fill in the blank here, here you go. God made a way to move forward. God made a way to move forward. And I'm going to tell you how. That's why I'm so glad that you're here. In this year of becoming, right, that's what... 2021 is here at Bridgeway, the year of becoming, becoming all that God intended us to be. There's some stuff we got to clear out. There's some stuff we need to process in order to get where we need to get. Too often, we just want to move on. We just want to kind of plow through it. We want to pretend like it never happened. And, and honestly, to tell you the truth, if COVID dropped out and suddenly disappeared from the face of the planet, right, God, please, that'd be awesome. If that happened, some of you would just want to drive forward and you would never process the trauma of 2020 because you're like, whatever, it's over. But is it over for you emotionally? 
That's what we're talking about. Now, in this year of becoming, we're doing this Learning to Lament series, so it's four weeks of trying to figure out how God makes us go forward. That's the whole point. So we're going to split it up into two parts. The first part, I'm going to take you through both of them. That is the idea of walking through the Lament Psalms. I don't know how many of you have ever read the book of Psalms, and you went, man, they're super emotional, right? And some of you are melancholy and some of you are very connected emotionally and you love that book because it finally says stuff that you're thinking or you're feeling and you don't even know what to pray and all of a sudden you can pray through the Psalms. You're like, man, this is awesome. Then the other two parts of the series are walking through the book of Lamentations. Do you understand there's a whole book in the Bible about processing national problems? Wow, that's crazy. So we're going to walk through that. Pastor Matt's going to walk through one of them, and I'm going to walk through one of them for you. So that's what we're doing right now. So let's just dive into this. And if you're a note taker, I'm going to drop a couple different lines here that you may want to hang on to. I'm going to give you some numbered lists you might want to write down. But the important part is that you learn the art and skill and tool of learning to lament so all of us can move forward. That's the big goal. Amen? Amen. All right, all right. Here we go. What lament is? Write this down. Lament is emotionally processing distress through prayer. That's it. Emotionally processing distress, whatever your distress is, it could be physical, it could be emotional, it could be whatever it is. Emotionally processing uh, distress through prayer, right? So lament always begins with these cries of distress and grief and frustration and anger, right? It's this immediate crisis state. And then it's a format that transition all that desperation, all that frustration into a prayer, invites God into that reality. And then as the process moves along, it starts to take you into a place of trust and then it takes you into a place of letting it go. That's what lament is. So let's learn it. It is beyond mere complaint. I think we all have a PhD in complaint, right? So you can't just rely on that. That's going to be your default. That means I just want to talk about what's wrong. There's some of that in there, but it goes way beyond that. Complaint won't get you healthy, but it's a start. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. It is the healthy middle. Listen to this. You may want to write this down. Lament is the art of living in the land between denial and wallowing. Lament is living in the land between denial, that nothing's going wrong, and wallowing in it and not moving anywhere. It lives in that area, yeah? That's what we want. When you involve the Lord into your challenges, it changes everything. And that's the key, that's the difference. Who are we addressing when we talk about our concerns? If you complain to your spouse, are they really gonna fix it? No, you just kinda slime them. Who are you gonna complain to when you barf it out online? Who are you complaining to? Are they gonna fix it? No, they just get slimed too. What's gonna happen if you grab all your friends and you dump out all of your problems on them? Are they gonna fix it? No, but now they carry that burden. But when you, tr when you process it with God, he actually can do something about it. So involving God into that process of grief allows everything to go down the right way. 
Here we go, I'll say it another way. Lament is addressing God in our pain and frustration. Lament is addressing God in our pain and frustration. The moment you address God, you've hit a fork in the road and you went down the path towards health. If you stay away from God, you're still gonna wallow in it. So don't we want to walk down the pathway that gets us somewhere? We don't wanna have to keep revisiting it and revisiting it and revisiting. There's a way to handle it where we can put it to bed and have it gone forever. But it's gotta involve God, amen? He knows how to do that. You see, the Bible is full of, and tradition of Christianity is full of things called spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines are tools to have in your spiritual toolbox on what you can do as an exercise to get healthy spiritually. So for example, it's things like silence and solitude and celibacy and fasting. All those are things you can do, exercises you can do that have a spiritual impact. Now not all of them are the same and not everybody's personality works the same way. For example, Solitude interacts with me very differently. I love the idea that I need to quiet my mind and stop because I am total, my mind goes 24 hours a day. I am way too overthinking everything. I need solitude to quiet it down. But in some ways, I don't do super well in solitude. There are people in this room or watching online right now that enjoy trees, nature. I don't know what to call you. <laughs> I don't understand you. Trees help me make paper to write on. It's hard to know that they're beautiful because I've never seen one. See, here's the thing. I'm not Mr. Nature guy, right? And so if I go walking in a forest, I'm all up in my head anyway. Didn't even realize there were trees around me because that's not how I was built. But there are so many of us that are atmospheric I mean, you can look at my office and the fact that there's been a stack of stuff for as long as I've been here and I haven't moved it clearly shows I'm not very atmospheric. You look at our house and you realize Susie is atmospheric, right? That is her haven. She has to see it to relax. I'm not that way. So the goal is to take the right spiritual discipline that works with your personality for the right situation. And that's why God gives us a whole bunch of them. We have a big, huge Batman tool belt, right? Where we can use all sorts of things. Lament is one of those tools. Lament is one of those things. The other day, I had to, uh, we had bought for our oldest daughter, we had bought a new top, uh, soft top for her Jeep. And... Uh, my job was to replace the old one. Don't know how to do that. Had zero interest in watching YouTube. Did not want to read instructions because they were confusing in the first place. Four hours later, my hands are bloody. I don't know what the heck I just did, but her back window does not come down and meet the tailgate. Right? Like, I don't think like that. It's not easy for me. And now I got to go get it fixed. Right? Because I didn't do it right. We're all built so differently. We all have different skills and gifts. Maybe lament's the one for you. Lament's one of those tools that God made a way for us to move forward. And I think we all need to move forward.
You see, the power of emotional restoration is this. You walk without a limp. You see, every time something bad happens in your life, whenever something happens that is traumatizing to you, whether you recognize it initially or not, it has an impact. If you don't process it, you're moving forward and now you have an emotional limp. There are some of us that have processed none of our garbage in the past and we not only walk with a limp, we're rolling in an emotional wheelchair. And then we keep wondering what's wrong with us. I'll tell you what's wrong with you. You haven't processed anything. That's what's wrong with you. And so it stunts our emotional development. It stunts our ability to engage with emotions today. We don't want to be those people. We want to be more vibrant. We want to be stronger. We want to be able to walk with freedom. And that's why God made a way to move forward. Lament is a prayer path to process emotion. Lament is a prayer path to process emotion. We've got to process our emotions. I love this quote that somebody came up with. They said, Christianity is designed to use what we know to be true and not just store it in the warehouse of our mind. Are you putting your Christianity into practice? Because if we don't do those practices, if we don't do those exercises, if we don't do those steps, if we don't utilize our tools, we just have a bunch of information and we're still just as unhealthy as everybody else. We've got to use Christianity for what it was designed for. And that is to be full, whole people. Christopher Wright explained it this way. When we grieve, weep, lament, protest, scream in pain and anger, the Bible says to us, that's okay, go right ahead. And here are some words you may want to use when you feel that way. That's how the Bible looks at it. To begin the process that God made to move forward, we need a period of healthy mourning. Do you realize that most cultures in the world have a process to mourn? And we here in America don't? What do you think's going on there? Literally, in other cultures, they do a bunch of stuff that you and I would find weird, but they're moving forward. We're just pretending. Many of us are afraid of negativity. I'm one of those people. I got enough challenges in my life, I don't need you constantly dumping your negativity on me because in my mind, it just makes everything heavier. And so I am always tempted to just wanna move forward. But just because you didn't acknowledge and deal with it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I mean, I get it. You don't want to talk about it. Just because you don't want to talk about it, what, it suddenly disappeared? No, you just didn't talk about it. You just shoved it back down, and now it's going to have some impact on you. Your body can only handle so much. One of the keys to lament is being raw and honest. That's why when you get into scripture, you start realizing, man, they're kind of dropping bombs all the time. They're saying stuff that you're like, oh, I don't know if I necessarily say that to God. They're just tearing things up. D.A. Carson wrote this. There is no attempt in scripture to whitewash the anguish of God's people when they undergo suffering. They argue with God. They complain to God. They weep before God. Theirs is not a faith that leads to dry-eyed stoicism, but a faith so robust that it wrestles with God. I'm going to give you real quick, there are four phases to lament. There are four phases to lament. Number one, you just write this down, heart dump. There's a heart dump. It means honest, personal revelation. 
And this is when relationship really matters. The more you know God and you're close to God, the more you feel free to say stuff to him. Because you know he can handle it. Man, I've been walking with God my whole life. You think he hasn't heard it all? The more you know in scripture and realize that God already knows your thoughts before you think of them, then you're not so afraid to say them. The easier it is to process. Relationship matters. It allows you to move forward faster. Because you immediately do this emotional whoa and just let it go. You vent it out with God. Phase two is a realignment of reality. First you pour it all out and the second time you start re-racking. Now that your emotions aren't standing in the way, you start thinking about, I need to trust God in this. But it's hard to do that first, you have to do it second. Because you gotta get all your emotion out of the way first. So you heart dump, then you realign reality, and the third one is personal contact. You meet with God in your mess, right? You meet with God in your mess. You experience his presence in a new and profound way. That's where we're gonna get you to. And then the last one, phase four, is restoration. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in and starts knitting you together, stronger than you were before. What a beautiful process. That's the way God made to go forward. And we have tons of resources as we're going through this series. Check this out. I don't know if you knew this, but Bridgeway has a brand new Bridgeway resources page on our website. You go to bridgewayresources.church, bridgewayresources.church. And on there specifically, it has videos, it has documents, and pay close attention to a button called how to write a lament. All these resources are all over the page so you can learn and you can interact with it because we need you to know this. Because whatever is going to face us forward in life, we don't want it to completely wreck us. We just want to use it as a stepping stone to get to where God wants us to be. So I want to talk about these Psalms of lament, right? Did you know 44% of the entire book of Psalms is lament? That's a lot. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you knew this before, but Psalms has 150 chapters and it's broken into five different books, right? In there. In book one, laments are 59%. In book two, it's 65%. In book three, it's 47%. In book four, it is 24%. In book five, it's 23%. Why are those percentages important? Because it starts super emotional, super dumping, and it starts trusting God and it goes to praise. And it tailors off. Man, it's cool. There's a whole movement to the book. Each lament psalm basically has five pieces to it. And they're not always in this order, but basically this is what it has. The first one is crying out to God about how terrible things are, right? Like I said, that's the one we're pretty good at. God, I'm mad about this. I'm mad about that. I'm mad about that person. I'm mad about that person. God, please kill this person, right? There's a bunch of that in Psalms. Number two is pointing fingers. And I'm mad about it, and God, you did it. I'm mad about it, and that person did it. Right, a lot of pointing fingers, blaming, right? That's the a, that's a second one. The third piece is reviewing the past and going, well, all right, God, now that I've got all that off my chest, I have to be honest. You've been pretty good to me in the past, right? There's a little bit of that wake-up call. The fourth piece is admitting and setting your intention of trusting God despite the problem still going on. God, I'm, I, you've been pretty good in the past. I know you're still there for me. My heart's kind of leading me into some crazy places. I need to settle down. Okay, I I trust you, God. 
you know what's best. And then it finishes with, uh, excuse me, and then it asks God for help. God, I'm never going to get out of this situation unless you do something. And it finishes with a promise of praise. And when you get me out, I'm going to tell everybody how awesome you are. That's a lament psalm. I'm going to read one of those. Can you just maybe listen in? If you want to follow along, we're going to be reading Psalm 88. Psalm 88. Because next week when we get together, we're going to walk through one together. And we're going to be talking about the ins and the outs and how it would apply to your life and what you can do and how you could possibly say it and what are you mad about and all this stuff, right? We're going to walk through it together and process it as a community. But for right now, I just want you to get a taste of one. This is one of the most harsh in the Bible. It doesn't have all the elements, but it has a lot of them. I want you to listen to the raw honesty. That's mostly what I want you to track on right now. Because some of us are afraid to pray honest, and so we shield it from God. Meanwhile, it's never been handled. Right? Listen to this. Psalm 88, this is a song, which sounds like the lamest song ever, by the way. It's a psalm of the sons of Korah to the choir master, and it's from He-Man the Ezraite, which I love that. It's actually Heman, but I think He-Man sounds funnier, so... <laughs> So we're going to go ahead and go, by the power of gray skull, and then, right, and then say it. Verse one, O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you and incline your ear to my cry. My soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol. I'm counted among those who go down to the pit. I'm a man who has no strength, like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave like those whom you remember no more for they're cut off from your hand. You've put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me and you overwhelm me with all your waves. Selah. That means pause and just take in the emotions of it. You have caused my companions to shun me you have made me a horror to them. I am shut in so I can't escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. What, do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you, Selah? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O oh Lord, do I cry to you. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. O oh Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me, and my companions have become darkness. The end. Nice song. Hope we sing that one in church next week. That's a lament. I don't know what your prayer times sound like, but that's what godly people sound like. All I'm trying to get you to understand is I can tell you that he man felt one way. And when he got done, he felt a different way. See, y'all are storing that kind of stuff up in your spirit. You're just not talking about it. And so you've been angry at God for years because you never told him so. 
Well, I, I understand that, Pastor, but there's, there's a respect issue, and, and, I, and I need to move on, and I can't just dwell there. Oh, you're absolutely right. That's why it's a process. You're not going to stay there. That's called step one. But one thing I do want you to notice is as brutal as that was, how many times did he refer to the Lord? Over and over and over. This is what is always interesting to me. I have people come to me throughout the years and they're like, I don't, I don't, I don't have any faith, you know, I don't, I, I'm worried that I don't, I don't have any connection to God and, and I'm so scared of going to hell. I'm like, wait, hold up. Why are you scared of going to hell? You need faith to go to hell. Like, why are you worried about it if it's no big deal? What's so funny is we actually believe a whole bunch more stuff than we think we do. And we even start saying things like, well, well uh, I'm, not, I'm not close to God. And yet you've been praying for how many years? Of course you are. You just need to lean into it a little bit more. All right, let's keep moving forward. The author is trying to move forward. Now, as we wrap up, let me just say this. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The Old Testament didn't know that. Everything we just read is in the Old Testament. They didn't know what we know. As Christians, we are immediately advanced further down the road in the lament process by knowing Christ and what he's done. We know the end of the story through the book of Revelation, and the Old Testament leaders didn't know that. They were left guessing. We are not left guessing. We still grieve, but not like those who have no hope, 1 Thessalonians 4 says, right? We begin lament with asking, why, God, why so often? But you don't stay there. Next week, we learn how to shift to the next phase that goes from why to, Lord, I know you'll rescue me. How long do I need to go through it? And that's a big step because you're no longer hopeless. You're hopeful. Every week, we're going to be walking further and further down the road to hell, so I desperately need you to be here through this series. Don't miss a piece of it because they all fit together for one big tool. And let me close with two personal reflection questions I really want you to think about this week. You might want to write these down. I want you to think about these two personal reflection questions, right? We'll talk about them in a bunch of different ways. But here we go, two questions. Number one, what emotional limps am I walking with? What emotional limps am I walking with? Where do you feel emotionally shut down, dead inside? Where do you feel emotionally that you can't connect? And that leads to question number two. What am I really upset about deep down? What am I really upset about? Not what do I automatically say, but what's going on deep in my heart? What am I really concerned about? Because it might surprise you that it's not what you thought. You've been blaming the wrong thing for too long. Y'all, I'm excited about doing this. We get a chance to get healthier and healthier and healthier. And I gotta tell you, if we're gonna become who God designed us to be in the year of 2021, this is our first step. Y'all ready to go with me?
All right, all right, praise God. I'm gonna go ahead and pray for us, and then online we're gonna have Kidsway TV coming up right after that, so get the kiddos ready, right? They fell asleep during that guy talking all the time, and now you wake them up, and they get to hear some fun things, all right? But here's what we're gonna do. Let me just pray refreshment into your spirit, amen? Amen. Let's do that. Holy Spirit, in this beautiful place, in this time where we've saturated ourselves in worship of you, where we have considered your word and heard your truth, as we have talked as a community about our pain and our processes, Lord, would you just allow that healing to begin right now? Lord, I know there's a ton more to learn and there's a lot more stuff that's gonna make it go faster, but right now, Lord, just begin us on that process of coming alive again. That, Lord, that you would wake up those dead spots, that you would heal those broken pieces, that you would allow us to enjoy you and enjoy life and be able to pray with vibrancy and be able to believe again that our faith would skyrocket. Lord, I'm just praying that you would breathe refreshment upon us in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 